Welcome to Gateway Church Podcast. We're so glad you're here today. We pray God speaks to you through this message and through His Word. For more information about our church, follow us on social media or visit our website, gatewayhome.com. Now, let's tune in to this week's message. are kind of preparing for Christmas, you're coming into that final stretch, I thought I would read you a letter I received in the mail. Now, this letter happened to come from one of my children who will remain anonymous. Now, it is a girl, so you have a 50-50% chance of getting it right. But outside of that, that's all I'm going to give you. But I don't know if this was like a class project. I don't know if they have a post office at their school. But somehow, without me knowing, this little girl went in, wrote me a letter. She typed it out mailed it to me, knew our address, and dropped it in the mail. So randomly, I go to the mailbox, and here is the letter I received. Dear Mom, after school, can we go to the trampoline park? We almost never go to the trampoline park. Can we go to the mall also? I love you so much, Mom. Thank you for everything you've done. Can you bring my iPod to the store and get it fixed? I love my iPad so much that I start to love you more than ever. Also, can we go to the store? Thank you. Love, child. So for all of you parents out there that have a list that was presented to you that seems as though they think that we're millionaires, good luck to you this year, okay? I'm praying for you. I'm praying that Christmas morning is still magical, okay? Because I'm I'm feeling a little bit like I don't know how I'm going to make up for all of your wishes and dreams this Christmas. But we're going to do it together, okay? Well, I'm going to continue the series, Emmanuel, God with us, and I want to focus on the life of Mary today. And so this is the mother of Jesus, but it's a woman who has kind of mentored me through the Bible. Now, I want to tell you, just because I am preaching about a woman in the Bible, this message is applicable to every single one of us in the room. And I'll tell you why you're going to catch on. There is some things, but I promise you, I hope you get something out of today's message. So let me start by reading you her story. It's in Luke 1, starting in verse 26. It says, in the sixth month of Elizabeth's pregnancy, God sent the angel Gabriel to Nazareth, a village in Galilee, to a virgin named Mary. She was engaged to be married to a man named Joseph, a descendant of King David. Gabriel appeared to her and said, greetings, favored woman. The Lord is with with you. Confused and disturbed, Mary tried to think what the angel could mean. Don't be afraid, Mary, the angel told her, for you have found favor with God. You will conceive and give birth to a son, and you will name him Jesus. He will be very great and will be called the Son of the Most High. The Lord God will give him the throne of his ancestor David, and he will reign over Israel forever. His kingdom will never end. Mary asked the angel, But how can this happen? I am a virgin. The angel replied, the Holy Spirit will come upon you and the power of the Most High will overshadow you. So the baby to be born will be holy and he will be called the Son of God. What's more, your relative Elizabeth has become pregnant in her old age. People used to say she was barren, but she has conceived a son and is now in her sixth month. For the word of God will never fail. Mary responded, I am the Lord's servant. May everything you have said about me come true. And then the angel left her. I titled today's message, Merry Christmas. Mary, like the name, Christmas. And here's why. Because this story, there are often times when it's related to as the Mary miracle. 
And the reason I said this is the Merry Christmas is because I believe that this Christmas, God wants to do a merry miracle in your life. Now, don't freak out. I don't believe we're all going to get pregnant. I don't believe that's the miracle I'm going after here, okay? I mean, we're not praying for that. But here's what I mean by the merry miracle. I believe that God wants to conceive Jesus in you, his relationship to grow within you, and for you to deliver him to the world around you. That's the merry miracle that I believe that you and I have been invited in as an opportunity to partner with God to bring people to Jesus. But we have a part to play. If you remember in the story, Mary says, um, how is that going to happen? Maybe you went meant to go to Mary's house. She lives two doors down. Our mail gets mixed up all the time. So why don't you just go down there because she's married and I'm, I'm a virgin. Because we all do that. When God gives us a call or he gives us a dream, we tend to tell him what disqualifies us from that dream. We tend to give him, uh, yeah, but um, how? Because of this. And so today I want to show you what is our part in the Mary miracle. And then at the very end of the message, I'm going to tell you what is his part in the Mary miracle, okay? So the very first thing that is our part in the Mary miracle, number one, is to hear. To hear. And in order for us to honestly hear, we need to become keenly aware of who we are talking to. If you go back to the story of Mary, it says all of a sudden her life is going great. She just got engaged. She's planning her wedding. Everything is smooth sailing from here. And here comes a knock on her door from an angel that says, um, hi, you are highly favored and chosen by God. And it says she's confused and slightly disturbed. And he says, oh, no, 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 don't be afraid. You're going to carry the son of God. I mean, I was already confused at highly favored and chosen by God. Now you want me to carry him? Uh, I don't know about this. Do you know that I can't do that? And I think somewhere along in this story, she begins to realize I'm not having a natural conversation. She becomes keenly aware of who is speaking to her about her future. This is not the girlfriend down the street that says, you know, I think one day you're going to have a little girl and it's going to look just like you. Oh, no, no, this isn't that kind of conversation. This is the conversation where God comes and says, I see what's in your future. And so she switches her perspective and she says, oh, we're having a supernatural conversation. So what in the natural seems impossible becomes possible because God has entered the scene. And so here she is now changing her perspective and become keenly aware of the situation that she's in because now she's aware of who is talking to her. There's someone else in this story that had to change his perspective from the natural because he became keenly aware that God was at work and his name is Joseph. I want to read you a little bit of his story. It's found in Matthew 1, starting in verse 19. It says, Joseph, to whom she was engaged, was a righteous man and did not want to disgrace her publicly. So he decided to break the engagement quietly. As he considered this, an angel of the Lord appeared to him in a dream. Joseph, son of David, the angel said, do not be afraid to take Mary as your wife. For the child within her was conceived by the Holy Spirit, and she will have a son, and you are to name him Jesus. For he will save his people from their sins. All of this occurred to fulfill the Lord's message through his prophet. Look, the virgin will conceive a child, and she will give birth to a son, and they will call him Emmanuel, which means God is with us. When Joseph woke up, he did as the angel of the Lord commanded and took Mary as his wife. See, he understood 
that in the natural, what would have made sense was to quietly break off this relationship. And he was so gracious and kind and loving towards her that he said, I did not want to disgrace her publicly. I would do it quietly. And then God stepped in and said, oh, but you forgot this isn't about the natural. See, this is about the supernatural. And so you and I, with the dreams and the visions and the callings that God has placed on our heart, we need to understand that this is not about the natural. This is about a God who has stepped into a situation to do something that seems impossible and make it possible. We need to learn and become keenly aware of who is talking to us about our future. So the first one is to hear. The second one is to believe. In Luke 1, verse 38, it says, I am the Lord's servant. This is Mary talking. May everything you have said about me come true. I want to take just a moment, and I promise I'm not going to stay here for too long, but if you think about pregnancy as a whole, maybe you've known someone who's pregnant, maybe you're a mom in the room or a husband, and you think about the pregnancy. In the first three months of pregnancy, there is not a lot of evidence physically. But on the inside, this is some of the most vital time for that infant. This is when their organs are being developed, when their heart beats for the first time. This is such a crucial time. And there's a lesson that is told about Mary that I think is a good lesson for you and I. It says throughout the Bible that Mary would ponder these things in her heart. And as I started to think about this, I thought about that season where it's so young and how we often seem to not know how to ponder. See, I, have, I think that in our society, we have lost the art of pondering. We have too many platforms to process on that we call that pondering, but really what we're doing is processing in a public space. And I got to looking into this a little bit, and I looked up the definition of ponder, and I want to read it to you. It says, to consider something deeply and thoroughly, to weigh carefully in the mind, considering thoughtfully. And when I was thinking about this word, another word came to mind that seems to be the opposite, and that word is plunder. And I want to read it to you. It says, to rob of goods or valuables by open force. I wonder how many dreams that God has placed in us that we have plundered when we were meant to ponder. That we have gone in with force and robbed them of their potential because we are impatient and waiting for God. God, I just need a job. God, I just need this to happen. So I'm going to go in. I'm going to force my way by, I'm going to take the goods by force so that it will happen in my timing, not my way, but I'm going to make it happen. And we end up plundering what we were meant to ponder. Is it possible that we are robbing things that God has given us because we have lost the art of pondering? When you're pregnant, there's a very specific time that a baby should be born. And when that child is born too early, it will fight for its life. But when that child is born too late, the mother will actually fight for her life. It becomes dangerous for the carrier in that moment. And I think God's dreams are very much the same. If we try to deliver them too early, they will fight for their life. But if we hold on to them for too long, we will fight for the life of them. We will fight for the carrier's life and keeping them in that moment. But one way that we can build our faith, build our belief in this time is by who we surround ourselves with. I want to keep reading Mary's story. And it says in verse 39, a few days later, 
Mary hurried to the hill country of Judea, to the town where Zechariah lived. She entered the house and greeted Elizabeth. At the sound of Mary's greeting, Elizabeth's child leaped within her, and Elizabeth was filled with the Holy Spirit. Elizabeth gave a glad cry and exclaimed to Mary, God has blessed you above all women, and your child is blessed, and I am so honored. Why am I so honored that the mother of the Lord should visit me? When I heard your greeting, the baby in my womb jumped for joy. You are blessed because you believed that the Lord would do what he said. Mary responded, oh, how my soul praises the Lord. How my spirit rejoices in God, my Savior, for he took notice of this lowly servant girl. And from now on, all generations will call me blessed. This is called the Magnificat, and what it means is my soul magnifies. We magnify things, and it gets greater in our life. How many of you know the quickest way to magnify it is to think about it? Now, I'll put it in a different term so that we all will agree upon it. You know that argument that you've been playing in your head for quite some time that you've already won a hundred times, and if for some reason you get in the exact same conversation again, you know exactly how you're going to slay him with your words? That one. Yes, that one grows because you continue to think about it. It continues, it magnifies. And so what Mary did is she said, the thing I need to magnify is not the whispers around town about how I got pregnant. The thing I need to magnify is the goodness of God and how he will do what he said he would do. So I'm going to get around somebody else. If you're carrying a miracle, you need to get around some other miracle carriers. This is why we believe so strongly in gateway groups, because we need a community that comes around us that is carrying a miracle as well so that we can carry a miracle together and believe for each other, believe with each other, and encourage each other. We want to build up each other's faith, and this is how we can do it. Have you ever noticed that pregnant women, um, they all seem to walk and talk the same, right? I mean, you've seen it. They all kind of wobble. I've been pregnant four times. I can make fun of myself, okay? But we all kind of act the same. But you know what's different is they're keenly aware that something is growing on the inside of them. That all of a sudden, they become very protective about what they eat and what they don't eat. They become very protective about the surroundings that they put themselves in. And I'm curious today, if you and I became keenly aware that something was growing on the inside of us, would we change what we intake and the surroundings we put ourselves in? The question is, who are you around? You're carrying a miracle, and I don't know if the people around you are able to hold on to your hands as you carry this miracle. Who are you around? Are you keenly aware that something great is on the inside of you? And so you need to steward what you intake. You need to steward the surroundings, the places that you put yourself in, because there is a miracle on the inside of you. When I was pregnant with my first child, she was due in August, and I, uh, my birthday's in July. And so obviously it's a summer birthday. It's hot, and I'm pregnant, and all the things. So I'm about a month away from my due date, and so it's my birthday. Ethan's like, let's go shopping. So I was like, great. And so I like shopping, and so that's a sacrifice for him. I know how much he loves me when he takes me shopping. Like, it's a big deal, you know? And so we go shopping, and we're at Nordstrom Rack, and this is back in the Dallas-Fort Worth area. And I see this girl that I go to church with, and so I just kind of wave and did the awkward smile and just kind of kindly said hello. But we didn't stop and talk, and she didn't really acknowledge me. And then later on, we kind of passed each other again in the store, and she did that, like, jolt back, and she goes, oh! I didn't recognize you. Your face has gotten so fat. Thank you. And then she realized she had put her foot in her mouth, and she was like, I mean, you must be here trying to walk that baby out. I was like, I have a month left. 
Awesome. Great. She goes, well, what are you out for then? I was like, it's my birthday. Can we stop talking now? You're not helping yourself at all. But I tell you, there's a whole story to tell you that people should notice a difference about you. When you're carrying a miracle, people should know, and they should be able to notice it on you. Here's what Ephesians 4, 1 says. Therefore, I, a prisoner for serving the Lord, beg you to lead a life worthy of your calling. For you have been called by God. I want to pause for a second because that word calling seems to kind of come up a lot. And I think we use it very um, casually sometimes. But the more I've thought about it, I realize that the fact that you and I even have a calling is a miracle. Let me explain. The creator of the universe who lacked nothing and did not need anything, he came and he said, I choose to humble myself to partner with you to reach more people on this earth. So the fact that you even have a calling and you do is a miracle within itself. So the question is, are you walking worthy of the gift you have received? Are you walking worthy of the price that you were bought with? Are you carrying yourself in a way that holds so much value because you understand what God has done for you? Here's what uh, Philippians 1.6 says. And I am certain that God who began the good work within you will continue his work until it is finally finished on the day when Christ Jesus returns. If he started it and you'll carry it, he will finish it. We have to hear, believe, and the last one is obey. Now, if you've been at Gateway for very long, you've seen these three words throughout the building. Maybe on merch or different things. These are three words that are very crucial to us because they speak to our part in this walk with God. Now, I have to tell you, that wasn't fully intentional. My first point actually had a totally different title, and then I realized I could change it and I can make it all there. So that's what I did, okay? So here's what it is. Obey. We see that Mary obeyed by the fact that she carried this baby full term, that she named him Jesus, that she walked alongside Joseph. We see that Joseph obeyed by the fact that he did take her as his wife and that he did name this child Jesus, and they walked together in this journey. But I want to tell you a different story about Mary's life that shows obedience in a new way. This is actually Jesus' first miracle, and it's in John chapter 2, starting in verse 1. The next day, there was a wedding celebration in the village of Cana in Galilee. Jesus' mother was there, and Jesus and his disciples were also invited to the celebration. The wine supply ran out during the festivities, so Jesus' mother told him, they have no more wine. Dear woman, that's not our problem. Jesus replied, my time has not yet come. But his mother told the servants, do whatever he tells you. Standing nearby were six stone water jars used for the Jewish ceremonial washing. Each could hold 20 to 30 gallons. Jesus told the servants, fill the jars with water. When the jars had been filled, he said, now dip some out and take it to the master of ceremonies. So the servants followed his instructions. When the master of ceremonies tasted the water that was now wine, not knowing where it had come from, though, of course, the servants knew, he called the bridegroom over. A host always serves the best wine first, he said. Then when everybody has had a lot to drink, he brings out the less expensive wine. But you kept the best until now. My main reason for reading this to you is because I want you to know that obedience can be measured. Just for a second, can you imagine if they had only filled up one stone jar? They would have only received one stone jar of wine. What if they would have filled up all six but only halfway? 
they would have only received halfway full of wine. I'm curious today if there are things that you and I are holding back to test to see what God would do with them. Have we actually gone all in for God? I just For six jars, let's just call one of them finances, one of them marriage, one of them friendships, all these different things. Is it possible that we give God one jar and we say, hey, what are you going to do with that? And then I'll let you know if you can have the rest. Is it possible that we are not actually all in yet for God? And I need you to understand that obedience can be measured. And to the same measure that you put in, you will receive. To one that has been given, more will be given. It is actually not about equal giving, but about equal sacrifice. Obedience can be measured, but obedience will transform our faith. It is something that actually fills us up because, listen, these these, um, stone jars represented dead religion. It represented a place that was without hope and life, and it was just completely dead, and yet God filled it up with life. Is there an area of your life that is actually completely dead, that is full of dead religion, dead works, dead heart, dead all of it, and yet if you'll give it to God, he could bring it back to life because obedience is the key to your heart's desires. Have you ever asked yourself, though, why would Jesus say that's not our problem? Well, if you go back and you study this, the reason that most scholars believe that he would say that is because they had not yet acknowledged their need for a miracle. They had not yet acknowledged their need for him to come in and make a change on what they were experiencing. Is it possible that we have situations in our life that we have, yet not, we have not yet acknowledged that we need God to step into? We have not acknowledged they're dead for him to come and fill them up with life. We have not yet invited him into those dark places of our life and said, I'll trust you with all of it. In essence, I could sum up this entire message on our part. Acknowledge God and obey him. And here's what he says in verse 37. It says, for the word of God will never fail. If we'll acknowledge him and walk in obedience towards him, we'll get to see the miracle of it all. Here's what I want to tell you about his part. I want to read to you what he says when Mary says, how in the world is this ever going to happen? Here's what they reply back in Luke 1, 35. It says, the Holy Spirit will come upon you and the power of the Most High will overshadow you. That word, the Holy Spirit will come upon you. How in the world am I going to fulfill this miracle that I need in my finances? The Holy Spirit will come upon you. How in the world is God going to redeem my marriage or break free in my school? The Holy Spirit will come upon you, and he will complete it. But there's this word overshadow in that, and he will overshadow you. And that means to cast a shadow upon. The Strong's definition describes it to mean a vaporous cloud that rests on you. That cloud would represent the presence of God, and vaporous would mean that it was full of water, which would represent the word of God. And when the sun shines through it, it brings light. This is how I think, this is what I think the Mary miracle is for you and I. That the Holy Spirit would come and rest upon you. That his presence would overwhelm you. That his word would wash over you and be within you. So that the light of the world can shine through you to the people you encounter. That's the Mary miracle that you and I have a part in playing. That simply takes hearing God believing what he says, and obeying him. 
This Christmas, I believe you need a miracle. And here's how I know it's going to happen because he is faithful to do his part. Here's how it's going to happen. His presence is going to overwhelm you. His word is going to wash over you and his light is going to shine through you. There is a lost person that lives next door to you. How in the world are we ever going to tell them about Jesus? His presence is going to overwhelm you. His word is going to wash over you and his light is going to shine through you. The lost person at your school or the lost person at your workplace, how in the world are we ever going to make this world a brighter place? How in the world are we ever going to turn the evil to good? Because you and I are going to allow the presence of God to overwhelm us and his word to wash over us and his light to shine through us. We are the merry miracle of this generation. And we have the opportunity to do something. And all it takes is for you to hear God, become keenly aware of who you're talking to about your future. Believe what he says because he is faithful to complete what he has started. Surround yourself with godly people that are miracle carriers and let them encourage you and build up your faith and then obey what he asks you to do. And to the same measure you put in, he will give back because he is a God that is faithful and loving and full of mercy and grace over us. And so I want to take just a moment. I'm going to ask you to kind of close your eyes and bow your heads But we're going to do something a little bit different. Every week here at Gateway, we ask a question, Holy Spirit, what are you saying to me in this message? And today, I want to to ask a different question. I want you to ask the Lord, what miracle do you want to do through me? Who do you want to reach through me? Who can I be a vessel to to let your light shine through and impact their life? But also in a room like this, I understand that there's some of you here today that are in a dark place very similarly to where I found myself at 19 years old. That felt without hope, it felt dead, it felt broken. My situation felt desperate and lost. I was lost, so lost. And in that moment, there was somebody that allowed them to let the light of Jesus shine through to all the dark places of my heart. And there wasn't condemnation. There was grace and mercy upon me as he enveloped me and he loved me and he cared for me and he let his presence rest on me and overwhelm me. His word of child of God, you are loved, began to wash over me. I have removed your sins. I have forgotten. I don't think of them anymore as far as the east is to the west. I have loved you. Those words began to wash over me. I am the good shepherd that will lead you and guide you. I heal by my stripes, you are healed. I pick up the broken pieces of your heart and I put them back together again. And his word began to wash over me and now I get to be a vessel that his light shines through. But some of you today are in a desperate situation and you're without hope and I need you to know the only person that can pick you up out of that situation is him. So I want to encourage you and just in this moment, there's no one looking around. This is, a, this is an intentional private moment between you and God. And as a child will lift up their hands to their father to be picked up out of the mud and the situation that they're in. I just want to encourage you that if that is you today, would you just lift your hands up to the father? as assembling of just saying, God, I need you to pick me up out of my situation. I have not trusted you. I have not leaned on you. I have not given you full control. I have not actually put all six jars in. I need to go all in for you today. And so I lift up my hands to say, good father, would you pick me up? 
And right now, in your own words, I was in an empty garage, and in my own words, I just began to tell the Lord, I need you. I can't go another day without you. I surrender my will. I surrender my heart. I surrender my mind to you, oh God. So in your own words, would you just begin to pour out your heart to him? God, right now, would you do the merry miracle in our hearts? Would you conceive Jesus in us? Would our relationship with him grow so that we can be a vessel that you use to shine your light all over this world? God, I ask right now that your presence would envelop us, that it would overwhelm us. Lord, I pray that your love and your mercy and your grace would fall for those that lifted their hands. I pray that right now you would wrap your arms around them as the prodigal father ran out to meet him and he said, welcome home, my son, my daughter. I pray that you would do the same right now in this room or for those watching online. And Lord, right now, I ask that in this moment, in this season, with all the emotions, with all the stress, that you would remove those things. And God, that you would turn our eyes to you so that we could experience the merry miracle this Christmas. Would you have your way in us? In Jesus' mighty name, amen and amen. Thanks for joining us today. If you live in the Houston area or are in town for a visit, we would like to invite you to join us for a service. For service times and location, or more information about Gateway Church, follow us on social media or visit our website, gatewayhome.com. Have a blessed week.